So the songs, the songs that we sang tonight um, are just very prophetic because of the word that I'm bringing to you tonight. Um, title of this message is The Power of God. The Power of God. And we're going to for the most part in this message, share out of 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 John chapter 4. So you can write those two passages down and those two chapters down because we're actually going to pretty much look at almost all of both of those chapters. And um, I'm going to jump around a little bit and I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians 13, in the last verse, the 13th verse. And, and then we're going to go to 1 John 4. But the last verse of 1 Corinthians 13 says, And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. He says, And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So let's look at 1 John 4. The little John's in the back. And um, I want to start with verse 7 and just read through to the end of the chapter. And that was, man, that, that, the song, that last song that we sang was very prophetic in line. So, so even, even the lines and the sentences in that song were prophetic in, in, in nature to what is being, what we're going to speak right now that I heard from God that he wanted spoken tonight. So this, that was really good, what the team brought and shared and, and ministered in that song. So verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God, and he knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Everybody say, God is love. Just say it again. God is love. Verse 9, in this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And that word ought there in the New King James and even in the King James is translated out, that word ought in, in the Greek is, is, is the, the, the connotation is not like, well, you know, you ought to do that. What it really means is that if we understand the love that he loved us with, what will happen is that's what will, that's what will happen is that we'll love. 
you know, love is not that we try to love God. Love begins when we realize how much He loved us, and then we're able to turn around and love others the same way. That's the key. Verse 12. No one has seen God at any time, and if we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior to the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us, for God is love. And He who abides in love abides in God, and God in Him. Verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. So, this is one specific point that I just want to drive home tonight, and I want you to grab a hold of this so that the rest of the scriptures that we talk about tonight are going to mean more to you than when you came in here tonight. And I'm going to say, that, I'm going to say it like this. God is love. And based on verse 17, so am I. God is love, and as He is, so am I. As He is, so are you. I just poured that on top of you, and it's just kind of going down inside of you tonight. See, we're... We've, we've been okay with the fact and understood that God is love, but he said, as he is, so are we. Where? In the world. So, God is love, and so am I to the world. So, God created you and I to be God to the world. God is love. Love is God. God is love, and love is God. And He created us to be who He is to the world. He created us that way. And if you back up in these verses of Scripture that we just read, <clears throat> if I understand how much He loves me, then I ought to love others the same way. But there's one thing, and, and we've shared a little of this on Sunday in, in the messages that I've preached on fear. So we've looked at it and, and addressed it a little bit. But there's one thing, there's, there's actually only one thing, there's a lot of tentacles that come out from this one thing, but there's only one thing that keeps people from administering the love that they were created to be to the world. There's one thing. Everybody say one thing. There's one thing. It, I mean, the effects of it, 
the effects of this one thing have contaminated many things, but there's really only one thing that keeps us from loving the world and people with the love of God, with this love that we were created to be to the world. I'm going to say it again. You are love to the world. It's what you and I were created for. Now, before I give you that one thing, and it's pretty evident what it is, it's in verse 18, but before I give you that one thing, one of the issues and problems with people being able to embrace a message like this and realize it is because we have a skewed definition and we have skewed information regarding what love really is because you know that's that's a broad statement that god is love and that we were created to love other people so everybody sitting here tonight has a little bit different view or perspective on what love is and how to administer love and how to love other people but the love the agape that we're talking about tonight is this unconditional love that there's no strings attached and learning to do and be for other people no matter what those other people do because that's what God did for them. And the way that people can experience what God did for them with no strings attached is that you and I demonstrate that same agape that God showed through Jesus Christ to people with no strings attached. No matter what anybody's ever done. The more I I, I live and I walk, I, I realize how I've missed things through my life. I've missed opportunities to demonstrate who I was created to be to the, to, to the world. You and I were created to be. As He is, how is He? He is love. As He is, so am I to the world. And I've looked at so many that, 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 that you know, God's revealed to me, but then the enemy has tried to beat me up with opportunities that I've had to live the life of love and administer love in the lives of other people. But there's there's one thing that keeps us, that keeps humanity from being able to do it. And and it's what verse 18 says. There is no fear in love because perfected love or revealed love, things, what this love is as we walk it out because we realize how much He loved us, we're able to love other people with, When that becomes real to us, what it does is it casts fear out. The one thing that keeps people from being loved to the world the way they were created to is because of fear. And there's lots of different forms of fear. Probably one of the greatest forms of fear is insecurity. And most of humanity operates in insecurity. Most people are insecure. I'd have to say probably 100% of people in one form or another, but most people are stooped in insecurity. And so the fear of insecurity keeps them from really fulfilling the purpose and the plan of God in their, in their life to the world. 
You and I were called to be to the world what God is. Wow. Think about it. God is love, and as He is, which is love, so am I to the world, to humanity. But he said there's no fear in love because perfected love casts out all fear because fear involves torment, or one translation says punishment. It involves this punishing of the mind and the soul. But he who fears has not been perfected in love. Well, that's just a, you know, that's revelation that is, is causing us to be aware and to realize that where, when I'm in fear, if I'm, if I'm in the fear, if I'm operating in the fear of insecurity, or if I'm operating in the fear of man, or the fear of failure, or the fear of this thing or that thing, and it's keeping me from being able to unconditionally allow who God is to go through me into the lives of other people, then I, I, wa I want to do what it takes to stop that in its tracks. The title of my message tonight is The Power of God. And inside of you is the power to stop fear in its tracks. Why? Because the blood of Jesus defeated it. The Son of God was manifested to destroy what? The works of the devil. What are the, what, what's the number one work of the enemy? It's fear. Because fear keeps you tormented and frustrated and punished in your mind. You're, you're never good enough. You're, you, you, you've made all these mistakes. And, and, and keeping you from believing that you are as He is in the earth and that you were created to be everything that He is to people in the earth. How are they going to know who Jesus is? We don't know Jesus, the person, after the flesh anymore. Now we know Him by the Spirit. And where is the Spirit? In you and I. The Spirit of God doesn't just float around with nothing to do. Spirit of God is here to dwell inside of us. Our bodies are the temple for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. The, the, the Holy Spirit has real purpose. He's not, he's not like demons who just kind of, you know, float around and, and, and exist from one generation to the other and, and, and keep their hold on people and generation to generation to generation. They, they want to keep people in bondage and they're not really concerned about running around and doing all kinds of things and being you know, in, in more, you know, more than one place at a time or whatever. They're not, they're, not, they're not focused on the good of humanity but on the bad. And so they, want to, they don't like to be uprooted. They don't like from generation to generation to be uprooted. And I know, I know in my family, when I got born again, I uprooted some things and, and have continued to uproot things and see things uprooted in my family as all my family has, has gotten saved and born again. I've seen lots and lots of things uprooted. But many times it takes a generation or two to see those things uprooted because of how deep-seated that they are. The enemy's in it for the, for the bad of people. God's in it for the good. Holy Ghost is in it for the good. Holy Ghost dwells inside of you and I. Amen? And what the Holy Spirit is here to reveal to you is that you have the power to stop fear in its tracks, whatever it is, in whatever form or shape that it is. If I didn't mention... A fear that you struggle with, it doesn't matter. It, it's real. And God wants it stopped because He wants you 
to be to the world who He is to the world. We were created to be that. As He is, so am I. He's love. I was created to be love. Amen? For perfect love casteth out all fear. And verse 19 says, we love Him because He first loved us. The more you understand in your relationship with God, the more you understand how much God loves you, you connect with how much He loved you and you're able to love other people with that love. I'm going to say it again. The more that you understand in your relationship with God about how, he, how much He loves you just like you are, it causes you to change and be able to love other people with that same kind of love. Now, 1 Corinthians 13. First Corinthians thirteen. In verse one. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, he says, here, he says right here, I'm nothing. Now, back up into chapter 12, just real quick, to the 28th verse. Chapter 12 and verse 28. And it says, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Answers no. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, which is prophecy, which he just mentioned right here. Verse 31, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And when we, when we taught on the gifts of the Spirit, we talked about what the best gifts are. But notice what he said, earnestly desire the best gifts. Are the gifts of the Spirit a bad thing? No, he said desire them. Actually, that word there is covet. Covet them. Desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Notice what he said right here. And yet, I show you a more excellent way. Covet spiritual gifts. Thank God for all spiritual gifts, for the, for the gift of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and the working of miracles and the gift of faith, the tongues and interpretation of tongues, and the equivalency of that which is prophecy. All the different, all, all the nine gifts of the Spirit, the, the five fivefold ministry gifts, the seven gifts of the Spirit in Romans 12, which are foundational gifts. Thank God for all the gifts of the Spirit. But God says, you know what? There's a better way. There's a better way. So I want to I read, I want you to follow this. I want you to look at the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13. 
And I want to read them in the message, in the Message Bible. So if I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. And if I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, dang, I'm nothing. So man, I can operate in the gift of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, and I can do all these kind of things and have faith that moves mountains, and man, oh man, oh man, I mean the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Whoa. But if I don't walk in love, it says I'm nothing. Nothing. And if I give everything I own to the poor, and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. And you know, loving is a, loving is a choice. But you will never be what God is to the world until you know how much you mean to God. And I'm telling you, that, that thing right there has stopped most people. And I know in my own life, the lack of that revelation stunted at different times my spiritual growth by not believing that God loved me because of mistakes or things that I had done. Today I'm telling you that the more in your relationship, the more time that you spend, quality time, and it's not amount of time, but it's quality time of listening to God, and allowing His Word to be real and permeate your life, the more that that becomes revelation to you, then the more you become like Him. And, and, what, and, and what is He like? Or what is He? Or who is He? He's love. You become that love. And, and love isn't just meant to just exist in us. Love is meant to go through us. But it's a choice. And the thing that stops love is fear in every form. And at every level. Fear will stop you from ever believing that God could use you to do anything to help anybody else. And I tell you what, we're here on planet earth to be a help. The Holy Spirit, the helper, is here. But where is the Holy Spirit, the help? He's inside of us. The helper is inside of me. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, housing the Holy Spirit. And what's the Holy Spirit's job? To reveal these truths to us so we believe that God loves us, we, we know who we are, and then we're able to implement that love to, to other people. That's your calling in life. You're my calling in life is to be as He is. And how is He? He is love.
So, I've got, I've got a key point that I've got to make tonight in a minute that I want you to grab and get. But the more, the more that I, every message I preach, every message that I preach is connected to love. The Bible says that faith works by love, right? He said in, in the first verse that we read in, in 1 Corinthians the 13, 13, what abides is faith, hope, and love, but the greatest, the greatest is what? Love. But Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is the substance of what? What you hope for. So faith relies on hope, but not, not a hope like a lot of people think of hope. You know, well, I hope so, or I hope this is going to happen. No. It says that faith is the substance of the thing that you're hoping for. In other words, it's the assurance of the thing that you're hoping for that is coming to pass because faith said so. But what is the verse I just read? Faith works by love. So faith and hope will not work. There'll be no hope and expectation in your life when you're not walking in the revelation of what the love of God has done for you and then what the love of God was intended to do through you to others. It's what the love of God was intended to do. The love of God was intended to move and operate through your life so that people could experience it and take a bite out of it. You ever taken a bite out of an apple with a big fat bruise in it? When I was growing up, my, my dad was an apple machine. In New Mexico, in the Rio Grande Valley there, we... Uh, there's a lot of apple orchards there. So he, my dad ate apples all the time, all the time. And so I just ate apples. He ate apples, and so I ate apples. We ate them all the time. New Mexico, red delicious. And there's nothing like a crispy, red delicious apple. <sighs> when I moved away from New Mexico, I didn't realize that they put apples in freezers and then thaw them out, and then there's a red delicious apple, and I'm thinking, oh, that crispy looking thing that you buy at H-E-B, and all of a sudden it just mushes in your mouth. Oh my gosh, just want to throw it up against the wall. Ain't nothing worse than that. I don't want to be mush when someone takes a bite out of me. I don't want to be mush. I don't want, I don't want to be mush to my wife or to my children. I don't want to be mush to my mother-in-law. Or I, don't, I, don't want to, I don't want the love of God to not move and flow through my life into their lives and then on and on and on from there. I want to be crispy. Take a bite out of it and just want 15 more. The 
God created us to be that to humanity. So, I want, I want to read these. I want to read these few verses in, in the Message Bible right here. And then I want to make my point. So, this God is love, and so am I to the world. So are you to the world. Okay? So, can we read this in the message from verse, uh, where are we, 4? Yeah. Verse 4. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Doesn't revel when others grovel. Love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, or the increase of truth, or, or, or when truth prevails, in other words. Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. And never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. So, that didn't say that you did that. That says love does that. Those Three verses, four verses of Scripture right there just explained the attributes of the love of God, of, of love, of God. God is love, love is God, God. That just described the attributes of God and love. But as He is, so am I. And inside of me by the Holy Spirit is the power to be all those things. But here's what I want to give you tonight as, you, as, as we end this. And I want you to think about this. In everything that you face where you are to have a right response in situations where your response is to be the love of God, these attributes that we just, that we just looked at, Every time, in any situation, there are three opinions. Three. Always. Always. Three opinions. Yours. Theirs. And who? Who? 
love. There's your opinion. There's her opinion or his opinion. And then there's love's opinion. There's yours. There's the Democratic or the Republican opinion. And then there's love's opinion. There's your opinion. And who, whatever you're faced with, that opinion. And then there's love's opinion. Because see, we just read what love's opinion is in anything that you face. That's love's opinion. But I have the Holy Spirit inside of me to reveal and empower me. He is my power and strength so that my opinion and love's opinion become the same. No matter what his or hers or their opinion is. His or hers or theirs opinion. My opinion and love's opinion can always be the same if I choose because of the Holy Spirit in me. But it's a choice. And I can have nine miles of excuses. I can look at the past. I can look at this thing or that thing. I can make all kinds of excuses. But if you remember what we just read in the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13, I can live for the gifts, I can live for the power, I can live for this, I can live for giving, I can do all this kind of stuff. And all that stuff is good. We already read that the, that the gifts are great. The gifts are great. We know. We, uh, Jessica's testimony about giving. We know giving is great. We know what the Bible says about giving. But you can do all that stuff. And if you have not love, it's nothing. You're nothing. You and I are nothing. We become nothing because we don't, we don't experience the fruit of what love produces. Seek after the, 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 seek after the, the important gifts, but realize I have a better way. There's a better way always. And it's the way of God. Of love of the expression of love into your and my life and through your and my life to all of humanity. So, verse 8, and I'll end with these last few verses. <clears throat> it says, love never fails, and I'm reading out of the New King James. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. But we know in part and we prophesy in part. I, I just mentioned to you that Katy Perry's parents are going to be here and they operate really strong prophetically and we like prophetic gifts and they're all great. But if I seek after 
prophetic gifts or getting a word or those kind of things, that that's what I'm after. And in my life, I'm not walking in the love of God. It's not going to profit me anything. You can, get, you can get nine miles of words, and they'll produce nothing if I'm not ta- allowing those words to affect my life and, and develop a relationship with God to where I know that He loves me, I know who I am in Him, and then I'm able to turn that love around and love what? Just people that are good to me? No. But I'm able to love unlovely people. That's what Jesus did. His whole sacrifice on the cross was loving every human being that ever has lived and ever will live in their ugliness. And their sin. He took it on himself and yet he had no sin. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, or that's what we're supposed to do. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now, as we read In the beginning, abide faith, hope, and love. These three. And they're all important. But the greatest is love. Man. And it's the most difficult. Those attributes of love are all difficult. Every single one of them. For some people, more than others, certain ones, but they're difficult for all of us in certain areas. But we have the power to overcome. Amen? And to do it and be in the earth who He is. Father, we thank You tonight for the power in the